Today is special in part because uh, of the first grade Bibles, and the reason the first graders got Bibles is because of something that happened 500 years ago. 500 years ago this month, a movement started called the Reformation. It's the 500th anniversary of that. And it was the idea that people wanted to go back and see what the very first church was like. Was it like when they began? And so they picked up Bibles, and the teachers taught people how to read the Bible. And that was so important because for a thousand years before that, the only thing you heard about Christianity is what the priest said. And now, in the Reformation, people were encouraged not just to listen to the Bible, but to take it and read it. So we put the hands of the first graders on that, and we said, we want you to know the story of God for yourself. And all of us get to listen along. Now, guys, in Israel, all the way across the world, there are little kids just like you who also are hearing the stories of the Bible. I don't know if you knew this, but in Israel, they have the same show, Sesame Street. It's true. And one day on Sesame Street, they asked people your aides to talk about a story from the Bible. And so in one minute and six seconds, I want you to see what they know about this story. Read Matzot on Pesach because Ne Israel left Mitzrayim. Pharaoh said that they can go. And Moshe said, quickly, quickly, quickly. I don't want him to change his mind. Everyone left Egypt and because the women did not have time the bread to rise, it went flat and was the first matzah. I like the matzah. And yesterday we, we talk about what, what happened many, many years ago. And Pharaoh, he let the Jews go after a very, very long time of saying no, no, no. They walked into the desert. Raise his hand and this and he opened the sea to half and then they walked in the middle. I, I'm not sure I want to ask how many of you parents could explain the story of Moses to the five-year-olds like that. The reason that they know the story as well as they do is because they've heard it again and again and again, and it, it sinks in. It goes from their ears to their heads, from their heads to their hearts. That's what we want to have happen here. And uh, so that means we need to repeat it again and again. Every year at Easter, we have a very special service that a couple hundred people come to on the night before Easter. It's called the watch night service. And they come into this sanctuary, and the whole sanctuary is dark, as dark as we can make it. And the only light comes when the pastor is reading the story of the Bible. And they put it up on the screens, and we go back and forth talking about the story, all the way from Genesis, when the world began, to Revelation. And inside of an hour, they tell the whole story and intersperse with the Bible readings or songs to to let them come into our hearts. It's a powerful time, and this, this story we're going to talk about today is used every single year because it's so important. So I'd like us, like at Watch Night, 
to read it together. This is in the part of the story where God has used Joseph. Remember, many color, uh, coat of many colors? That Joseph, he saves the people of God when there's a famine by bringing them into Egypt. And for 200 years, the Jews are treated like kings and queens in Egypt. But the next 200 years, they become slaves. And the Egyptians are both afraid of them and ruthless to them. And it says that God heard the groaning of his people in slavery, and he remembered his promises to Abraham, and he had compassion on the Jews. And God came in a burning bush, and he called Moses to bring his people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt. So I'd like to have us read this part together. It says, God sent Moses and his brother Aaron to speak for him to Pharaoh with a command, let my people go. But the Pharaoh wouldn't agree. So God sent plagues to Egypt. We talked about that last week. Day became night, rivers turned to blood, frogs and gnats and flies and locusts infested the land. The livestock died. People got boils all over them. Hail came down from the sky. But Pharaoh's heart was still hard against God and the Israelites. Let's read this together. Then the Lord's. And that very night, God killed every firstborn in Israel, in Egypt. Every child, every uh, adult, even the Pharaoh's son was killed. All the oldest livestock were killed, except in the families of the Jews. Because God had told the Jews to go out and find a lamb and kill the lamb, and before they ate it, they should take the blood of the lamb and put it on their doors. So that when God came over the houses of the Jews, he'd see the blood and all the people in there would be safe. So after that happened, Pharaoh said, get out of here, go, go away. And the Jews got ready to leave really fast. They herded their flocks and they baked their bread without yeast. Yeast is what bread needs to rise, to get to look like bread. Instead, when bread doesn't have yeast, it's called unleavened bread, and it looks, it looks a little bit like this picture here. See, it's so flat. It's to remind them that they had to run away quickly. Now, why don't you read the next part? When Pharaoh... Then the Lord hardened the heart of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh woke up and he said, what have we done? All our slaves are gone. And Pharaoh sent his entire army chasing after the Israelites. That's the story today. Last week, Melissa talked about the plagues and the Passover. Today we want to talk about how the people of Israel escaped the Egyptians 
when they chased him. It's important, though, sometimes to make sure that um, before the action happens, the story has already started. In Exodus 13, it says, when God let the people go, God didn't lead them around, I'm sorry, my brain is, I've, I've lost it. When God let the people go, God didn't lead them on the road through the territory of the Philistines, even though that was shorter. God said, if they face war with the Philistines right away, they might change their minds and run back to Egypt. So God sent them by a different way. Now the important thing here, guys, is that God has a plan. God was not surprised that Pharaoh changed his mind. God was not surprised that the Israelites didn't know where to go. God knows that sometimes we need to be reminded that God has a plan. And actually, God knows that sometimes you and I, we need to be shaken up before we settle down. We need to be shaken up before we settle down and seek God. Otherwise, we're just running around like the Israelites. God has a plan we don't see. And in the part that you read, it said, God guided them with a cloud by day and fire by night. God guides us and wants to lead us. We don't get the clouds and fire, but, but we believe that God sends his spirit, his Holy Spirit, and if we quiet down, God will guide us. Okay, let's go back to the story and read this part together. It's the start of chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now that, that sounds fairly, fairly simple, uh, but, but what's happened is this. You see, the Israelites lived inside of Egypt. Egypt was a huge country. If we put Egypt on a map, uh, you would see, if we put Egypt on a map, you would, you would see that the Israelites lived in a part of Egypt called Goshen. And, and Goshen is right near the border of Egypt, so when they left, they ran out into the wilderness and they headed south. And they were just trying to get away, and they got uh, to a place called Ethan. And that's where this that you just read happens. God says to them, Go back. Go back the way that you just took all the way to Balsaphon. Now the problem is that Balsaphon, where they came back to, was like a dead end. It was a geographical dead end. When you get to Balsaphon, you got no place easy to go. You're trapped by the mountains to the north. You're trapped by the desert to the south. You're trapped to the west by Goshen and the fortress city of Egypt that you just came from. And worst of all, you're trapped by the sea on the right. This is called the Sea of Reeds back then. We call it the Red Sea. The, the part that they are trapped up against is uh, the Gulf of Suez. And they are shut in between the water and the mountains, the desert and the enemy. They're trapped between a rock and a hard place, or, as it said back then, they are trapped between the devil 
and the deep blue sea. That's where that comes from. The Israelites were trapped between the devil and the deep blue sea. It'd be like if you and your friend are running away from some bullies that are chasing you, and you said, let's go right, and you turn right, and you run in, and oops, it's an alley, and it's a dead end, and all the bullies come running after you, and you're trapped. God has told them to do this, and all of a sudden, they're trapped. The reason we tell this story is because when God's involved, you got to wonder who's really trapped. The Israelites that ran away, or the Egyptians? We tell this story to first graders because God is still looking for boys and girls and men and women who are willing to go out to where there's danger, who are willing to do the hard thing when it's right, who are willing to trust God and follow him. And so it says, the, Egypt, the Israelites followed Moses where God told them. And they looked up and they saw the Egyptian army coming at them and they had no place to hide. Okay. Let's read this next part together. And this part, first graders, this part, I want you to open your Bibles. All the first graders, open your Bibles. And if you brought your Bible and you're in elementary school, you open your Bible and turn to page 90. Page 90 is Exodus 14, and we're going to read from verses 10 to 16, okay? First graders, elementary kids, page 90, Exodus 14. This is the scariest part of the story. It starts out this way. When they saw the Egyptians approach, the people were terrified. The Israelites were terrified. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And you say, Moses answered. When you are trapped, when things go wrong, how do you respond? You're afraid. Who wouldn't be afraid? Of course the Israelites are afraid when they see the Egyptians coming. And it says they cried out to God. As a matter of fact, this is the first time in the Bible when the people all together cried out to God. We don't know what they said to God, but we know it was more like, God, what have you done? Get us out of here. Help me. God wants to hear us even when we yell at him. What's the response of human beings to bad news? The first part is that they are afraid. The second is when they're afraid, they want to run away. Whether it's at school, at home, at work, we want to run away. Third, when we're afraid, we find somebody to blame. They blame Moses, of course. He got him into this mess. We tend to find somebody to blame. And and fourth, like the Israelites, when human beings get afraid, we obsess. Now, first graders, when you obsess, that means you can't think about anything else. It's all you think about. It's all you talk about. This is how human beings react to, to bad news when they don't trust in God. Now, Moses has been learning to trust in God, and he reacts very differently. First, Moses says to the Israelites, please take out your Bibles. Wait, the Bible wasn't written yet. Moses says, you know, it says in the Bible, God helps those who help themselves, right? No. It says that nowhere in the Bible. In fact, 
God helps those who help themselves comes from a guy named Algernon Sidney. What a great name. Algernon Sidney, and he wrote it down, and Benjamin Franklin read it. Ben Franklin said, God helps those who help themselves, and it's part of what means when you're an American. You say, God helps those who help themselves. That's wrong. God helps the helpless that cry out to him. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm. Stay still. Look for God to deliver you. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. God says, don't be afraid. If you first graders read your whole Bible, you'll see that that is the command of God that's repeated the most often in the whole Bible. I know it's a scary world. God says, don't be afraid. I am with you. Your parents need to remember that as much as you do. Don't be afraid. Don't run away. Stand still. Don't say, what can I do? See what God can do and keep looking. Because if you look long enough, you will see how God acts and does what you cannot. This brings us, this part, when they're all scared, to the most important part of the story. But it's in the Old Testament. This is what happened with the Jews. Why would people who know about Jesus care about what happened to the Jews? Well, the Apostle Paul was a Jew, and he was a rabbi. He learned this when he was just a little first grader, just like Jesus heard this story when he was a little first grader, the story of Moses. And he tells the followers of Jesus, that's an important story. As a matter of fact, when he writes to the church in Rome, in Romans 15, it says, what was written in earlier times was written to teach you. It was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance, when we hang on, and encouragement of the Scriptures, the Scriptures are supposed to encourage you, we might have hope. This story is an example of living in hope. The crossing of the, old, uh, the, crossing of the Red Sea in the Old Testament is to the Old Testament what the resurrection of Jesus is in the New Testament. It's the most important story that there is in the Old Testament. And so when the prophets and the writers of the Old Testament wanted to show how you could trust God, they looked again and again at how God delivered the slaves. In the same way, when somebody in the New Testament wants to show that you can trust God, they point to how God raised Jesus from the dead. This is a story that gives hope. Let's read it together. When Moses stretched out his hand, remember God said, stretch out your hand? When Moses stretched out his hand all night long, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The Israelites went through the sea on dry land with a wall of water on their right and a wall on their left. And the Egyptians chased them right into the water. But the Lord made the wheels of their chariots get stuck and come off. It's a miracle. And then the part that you read may be the most important part. Let's read the next part together. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
stretch out your hand. I think that's one of the hardest paragraphs in the whole Bible because it shows very clearly that in the end, there are only two kinds of people. There are the ones that run to God, and there are the ones that try to run away from God. And one is saved, and one perishes. It's just important. That's why this story was so important to the Jews and to the Christians. It was saying to the Jews, Don't worry when you don't know what to do. Sometimes it takes hard times. Listen to this. Sometimes it takes hard times to break bad habits. We're going to spend the next five weeks talking about Moses and showing how even when God's people left Egypt, Egypt didn't leave God's people. Even when they got out of Egypt, they still were slaves to Egypt. And I'm going to suggest today that you guys live in Egypt. Like Moses, you've probably rubbed shoulders with folks all week that live in Egypt most of your life. You work with Egyptians. You think like Egyptians. You read Egyptian newspapers. You listen to Egyptian music. You see commercials with promises of success for Egyptian entrepreneurs. You're in the competitive world of Egyptians, so it's only natural that you think like an Egyptian, right? It's a dog-eat-dog world. Ever since you were born, you have been taught by all the other Egyptians in the American empire that God helps those who, instead of, God helps the helpless who cry out to God. Sometimes it takes hard times to break bad habits. Sometimes we can't learn to trust God till we don't have any other choice. The other story The other reason that the Jews tell this story every single year is to remind them that God does not own a watch. God does not own a clock. You and I look at our clocks, look at our watches, look at our calendars and say, God needs to do this by then. And nothing happens. God needs to act by then. And things get worse. God needs to do this now. And instead, God uses hard times partly to teach us how to wait and how to trust. Because God doesn't bow to our schedule. God doesn't jump to our alarm clock. But God is there. We're going to close this by looking at what happened when the Israelites all got across the Red Sea. And they looked back and they saw what happened then and then we're going to hear it again in a special way let's read together that day the Lord and when Israel saw the great power of the Lord they put their trust in him then Moses and the Israelites sang a song to the Lord The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him.
My Father is God, and I will exalt him. Lord God, remind us of this story when we're afraid. Teach us again how you acted back then so we can see the way that you act now. And God, just the way that you put the blood of the lamb on the door so that those people would be safe, we thank you that Jesus has become the lamb for us who saves us and forgives us and leads us forward like a good shepherd. We ask you today to teach us to see you at work. And when we see you at work, God, we want to say thank you. Hear us now as we sing our song to you. Amen.